Nation. It's Tommy Boy coming at you this week. His Italian job and his family are off making memories together on vacation. But before he left town, he dropped an excellent issue of News of the Nation in our inboxes. And if you haven't put your eyeballs on it yet, please take a moment to do so this morning as you get home from the gloom. There is plenty to look in... Looking good, F3 Nation. This is Tommy Boy coming at you this morning as Italian Job and his family are off making memories on vacation. But before he left town, he wrote up an excellent issue of F3's News of the Nation, including and not limited to the annual report, uh, as well as an update on Growruck this weekend. In fact, as I record this, they are getting after their Kingmaker GTE 29 in the Pacific Northwest, which can only mean that Plainfield, Indiana is around the corner next month. Also, did you know that the heart and soul of F3 has been beating in Seoul, South Korea for over a year now? Italian Job sat down with Lassie to learn a little bit more about what those fellows are up to half a globe away. This week, let's get into it. We have three high-impact men from literally across the USA who are finding new ways to open new doors and break the mold as they bring in guys from across their regions that maybe we haven't thought of. They tell you a little bit about their varying events, how they got there, why they're doing it, and what they're going to do next to have an even bigger impact. So, enough of me flying solo. Let's get into it. Welcome back, F3 Nation. I am thrilled to be joined by three high-impact men from literally across the country, East Coast, uh, a little bit down in the Gulf, and then all the way over in the West Coast, the Left Coast, my old stomping ground. So without further ado, let's dive into it. I'm joined by Softball from PAC Northwest. I'm joined by Hogsickle from the NOLA region, and I'm joined by Akron right here in my backyard of Natville, a.k.a. Greensboro. Uh, Fellas, thanks to each of you for being a part of stuff we're trying i'm excited about this because one of the best things if not the best thing of f3 is giving it away and you guys and in your own right have come up with ways to engage the greater male community slash the greater community of your region and that uh, allows us to answer the question of if f3 in your region were to disappear tomorrow would you be missed and i would argue that each of you guys can officially answer with a resounding yes. So kudos to you. Let's dive into it. Let's start with a little namerama. Uh, left to right, softball, you're on my screen first. Who are you? How long have you been doing F3 and how'd you get your name? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm softball, hailing from Puget Sound region, as you mentioned. Uh, I've been in F3 since 2019, so three years. And uh, I got my name because uh, at my first workout, uh, I shared that I've been always been around the game of baseball. It's all I really cared about playing, growing up. I coach it now for my kids. Uh, actually, also coach softball for my daughter, which is interesting. So somebody thought it would be it would be funny. Uh, Dilfer, actually, if you know Dilfer, he he named me. Yep. Uh, he thought it'd be a nice dig to call me softball at the time, and, and I think I got pretty lucky with it because I actually have a lot of respect for. Uh, for softball and those uh, going seeing those college girls playing it's pretty amazing so I, I definitely got lucky on my name. <laughs> no doubt I think of the old the old Brian Regan joke about getting hit by a, a fast pitch softball I don't know why they call it a softball that's not that's not blood that's blood light right, <laughs> right. awesome well welcome to stuff we're trying Hogsicle will dive in with you out of the Nola region who are you how long you've been doing f3 and how'd you get your name 
Sure. Um, Hogsicle from F3 New Orleans. About uh, almost eight years ago, a buddy of mine forwarded me a email from OBT that he's like, this sounds crazy. I don't know what these guys in North Carolina are doing, uh, but I don't want to go to this by myself because I, you know, they might like, I don't know. It sounds like a cult. Uh, <laughs> so will you come with me? And so we showed up uh, at city park. It was right before it was, New Orleans was like one of the first, like uh, the expansion, the, the leap uh, it was, I think us Nashville and um, Richmond. And so, yeah, they, they, uh, we didn't know what we were doing and uh, OBT let a couple of guys name me. I, from, I'm from Arkansas and I rode my bike there. We weren't too good at naming people at that time. So it came up with <laughs> obstacle. I like it. I, and I argue with you off off uh, record time that you could take ownership of your name and call it Hog Cycle. Yeah, I'm not that cool. <laughs> well, should you choose? There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome in. Akron, uh, if you'll round out the crew, who you are, how long you've been doing F3, and how many guys have you made cry at Grill Ruck? Uh, not too many cry. Uh, amazingly enough, I just finished growing in Arkansas, Hawksick, so that's kind of funny. Uh, Count C.O. Glenn, 38, Akron. Uh, uh, did my first workout uh, Memorial Day five years ago, so just celebrated five years. Anniversary with F3, and at that workout, Square, who eh me, told everyone that I do not like LeBron James. And so they named me after the city that he's from, Akron. So I sometimes get tweets from Cleveland thinking they're talking to Akron, Ohio, but it's really me. Uh, they just choose the wrong Twitter handle at times. But, uh, yeah, that's how that came about. I would argue that they are getting the better version of Akron when they try to make a mistake. <laughs> and also let it be known that I have video footage of you doing a LeBron James uh, symbolic uh, chalk hand clap. So Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to have to tease this, uh, this episode on Twitter with that exact video. Uh, classic fellas, video. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, fellas, uh, again, thanks for carving out time. Th this is exciting because we've, we've talked about growth quite a bit across F3 Nation. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show about uh, F3 Soul uh, is brand new, and, and that charges me up. But we get there by trying new things, by, by sharing stuff worth trying, uh, which would make a great name for a podcast. So we brought you guys on today just to talk about some, some different angles you've approached uh, not just EHing, but really opening up the concept of F3 to the broader spectrum. Uh, and, and softball, I think what we'll do is go left from right on my screen, but also left from right on the map and talk a little bit about your event in Pacific Northwest and the Puget Sound area, uh, Lost in the Woods. And why don't we, as, as Simon Sinek would love to do, start with the why. Uh, why did Lost in the Woods form in your brain or in your region? Well, ever since uh, joining F3 in 2019, uh, I had the idea of coming up with an event or being part of an event that was inclusive, that was open to all men. Um, as you know, a lot of events are either more running-centric or rucking-centric, right? So I wanted something that uh, both kind of types of packs, I guess you could say, could, could be a part of and uh, kind of pit those two different different flavors of packs against each other and have kind of a competition, a, a race. So uh, thrown around in my head a lot and, you know, then the pandemic hit, so I had a, a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a, uh, a PAX member here, uh, Gertie, a good friend of mine, 
he is uh, big into orienteering races. Um, so navigation races, he does all sorts of crazy stuff, three hour, five hour, uh, 24 hour navigation races. So uh, I knew that he would be, he would be critical to making an event like this happen. So um, the idea was uh, to make it open to all men. So anybody could participate if they wanted to, whether they were rucking or running. And also uh, wanted to bake third up into the event as well. So the idea was that you want to do this event, you're a team captain, uh, go find two or three other men to, to form a team and uh, pick a charity. You'll be racing for that charity. Um, there, was a, there was a donation uh, per pack of $40. So each team minimum, you know, was raising at least $100. And uh, and then we uh, decided to bake a little bit more into it and said, okay, let's, let's now that we've got a good handful of teams, let's, uh, let's see if we can raise a little bit more money and make a little bit more of an impact. So we built in certain incentives where if you raise so much more, your team got whatever, two minute, five minute, 10 minute, up to a 15 minute head start. So. And, nice. then, and then also uh, we said, hey, if you bring an FNG, if you have an FNG on your team, you automatic five minute head start right there. So <laughs> yeah, as there should be. Yeah. So yeah. was there was there an overall buy-in? These are rapid fire questions. Was there an overall buy-in? Yeah, it was just forty dollars okay. per person. It's basically the same as if you'd gone out and ran a 5K or something like that. And uh, you know. With with this race, all of the all of that donation went straight to the winning team's charity. So any the the team that won their charity got the full proceeds of the entire pot of money that was raised. So nice. So you literally wear your heart on your sleeve the day of, right? Because you're competing for, you know, for example, for me, I would submit for the National MS Society, right? So if our team won, then we would gather the kitty and hand it over to the MS Society. Is that accurate? Yep. That's yep. brilliant because then you're smashing down doors. Uh, not that it's a, those are bad doors to have, right? Like the, everybody should believe in something beyond themselves. And sometimes it's a cause like the American Cancer Society or, or a local charity or a nonprofit school trying to do good things for youth. Um, and in this instance, you know, if a race might not be geared towards that, maybe it's a turret not to show up. But with this, putting, putting money on the line and having some skin in the game, I, I love it because, you, you know, I, I would certainly believe that guys would train a little bit harder, right? To, to lay claim to that. Yeah, so uh, we, had, uh, we had to go out and set all these checkpoints out in the woods, you know, <laughs> and each, each team had a had a map. They were given, I think we maybe gave them 20 minutes. You know, we handed out the maps 20 minutes before the race started and said, okay, plot your plot your route, figure out with your team. So it, was, it wasn't even a race on the same course. Everybody got to choose their own, their own direction they went, if they didn't get back by the three hour cutoff, like the team is disqualified. So they really had to be uh, careful the way they, they managed it. And at each checkpoint, there was a uh, certain number of exercises they had to do and, and write that down on the legend to prove that they were there. You know, how many burpees did you have to do at checkpoint three? So that was kind of the, the scoring mechanism with that. Nice. It's very uh, F3 version of the Barkley Marathons. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. One of my favorite documentaries. Yeah, not not quite that intense. And nobody died. So. <laughs> nobody yeah, there's... <laughs> sure, it was a hard race, but did anybody die? 
Nice. Uh, and and how many guys did you have come out for your first, your very first event? Well, this was last year, June. It was actually Juneteenth, so we kind of centered it on that day to uh, inspire men to, you know, pick a charity, um, what, something that that meant something to them. Um, also, it was the longest day of the year, so we were able to start early and not have men having potential safety issues stumbling around in the dark, uh, tripping over tree roots, that kind of stuff. And uh, we had, I think, I'd have to look, but I think we had like 10, 10, maybe 12 teams of three to four men. Perfect. Yeah. I like it. All right. And then before we move on, I want to know what you what you saw your region benefit from by by hosting this event and and since if guys are perked up by by a wayfinding event right which is, is something that we're going to get into even in a little bit but uh, i think if anybody who is running a, a go ruck star course um they they hear what you're saying they're like oh yeah that sounds real familiar uh i've never thought about it in the way of making it an extended beatdown slash run slash wayfinding um what did you learn that you would do again? And was, is there anything you would deter guys from doing if they were to pick up this mantle? Yeah. So we, uh, the scoring was, was tough because it's ruckers against runners, right? Two different speeds. And uh, we came up with a ratio of, of that speed, like our best guess, you know, and it turns out we had a team that, that were ruckers, but they ran the entire thing with their rucks on. So, so they won. <laughs> Right. Show offs. <laughs> These guys were, were beats. They were hurting. They were hurting for a while after that race. But Jesus. Um, I think what, uh, learning, learning for the next time we do it uh, would be probably just split the pot in half and say the winning running team gets half and the winning rushing team gets half. So nice, awesome. Uh, when's the next event? Are you hosting one this year? We're not this year because uh, it would have taken place here on the on the solstice, you know, the longest day of the year, mm -hmm. Father's Day weekend. Uh, but we didn't want to detract from the grow act that's happening this weekend. So we didn't want guys to have to choose one or the other. Um, so just throwing support into that for the region and then we'll pick it up again next year. So Awesome. No, that makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, don't work harder, work smarter. Perfect. Well, we're going to segue then over to Hogsicle uh, because Hogsicle is is kind of the portion of this conversation of reaching new new communities, new audiences, new men uh, by a charity that he is connected to. Uh, so, Hogsicle, tell us what it is you've done and and why you did it. Uh, sure. Uh, last year in twenty twenty one, I ran a ten k every day um, for the year. Uh, in an effort to raise some money for Special Olympics. So I had my mom, my mom passed away in 2019 from stomach cancer. And at since that point, I was kind of thinking of a way I could do something that would honor her memory, um, maybe do a, like a charity event or something like that. And uh, I got, I, I don't know why this idea popped in my head of, of running every day, but I, uh, I came up with a, I guess, a goal of a, of a distance I thought I could complete every day and uh, reached out to Special Olympics in Louisiana because my mom was a, a special education teacher um, for years. And my wife actually runs a clinic for uh, autistic uh, people. And so 
so that community, I wanted to do something to, to help that community. And so I reached out to Special Olympics and they um, said that they had not been able to do a lot of fundraising because of the pandemic, that they would appreciate the help and that they were trying to raise money for the 2022 USA Olympic Games in Florida. And if I could, if I could do something to help that, that they appreciate. So, so I started working with them and um, started, you know, they put me up on their website and uh, you could just, people could go there and donate. And so uh, we raised $12,000 for travel expenses for the, the, the delegation of athletes of so those 50, 56 athletes and coaches. And so actually the, the Olympics are going on right now in Florida uh, so you can, I think you can tune in and watch them. I know the Louisiana delegation has, I think, 29 medals at this point. So they've, they've, they've been doing a great job. Outstanding. Uh, great. I, as I was, as I was talking about this idea with them, they invited me to, to volunteer at the uh, state games last year. And so I went and it was a really great experience i uh so if you want a challenge worth trying i would say to find a special olympics event in your area and go volunteer we we i got to go out on the field with the athletes i was i volunteered for the track and field portion and it's i left there seeing how like i guess how aligned special olympics could be with f3 uh in a sense you know i mean it's it's a lot about inclusion it's also a, a you know the the physical aspect is what they use to to draw people in, and uh, to be out there with the athletes. They there were some <laughs> this one guy he he was running the the four hundred. He ran the four hundred and the eight hundred, and you could tell um, this guy had you know obviously run track in, in high school, and he was he was just a, a really good athlete. I think he ran the four hundred in a, a minute four something like that. I mean, he was, he smoked it. And, uh, and so he, you know, and then he's competing in the, also in the, and it, it is, it's competition, right? I mean, they, they are, it's first place, second place, third place, you know, they're getting medals, they're competing, but every one of the athletes, when some, the other athlete did well, I mean, they were, they were cheering, they were supporting them. They were excited about every performance. So when this guy ran his you know, his minute four, 400, you know, they're all pumped up when he was, when he was doing the long jump, you know, the guys that were jumping a fourth of the distance that he was, I mean, they were celebrating every time he, he hit a new, a new long jump. And so it, it was really cool to see the way they compete and they, and they do it's, they, they're doing the best that they possibly can do. They're trying to achieve, um, but they're also supporting the people around them. And I was like, that's the way that's so a lot of times that's the way it feels at F3. Like we're out there trying to beat the guy next to us when we're, when we're doing 11s or we're, we're doing whatever we are, you know, sprinting. Um, but you're also excited when, when that guy does beat you or you're excited to see somebody uh, really perform well. And so I just thought that, like the special Olympics, they kind of get it in that, in that aspect. So the competition was a lot of fun to be a part of. And to get to be down on the field with the with the athletes, they also do a lot of stuff for you know mentoring um, athletes to uh, for leadership roles, you know, helping them engage in public speaking or to be assistant coaches or coaches. You know, um, there's a big push right now for unified teams, 
which are people from Special Olympics, and then and then other people from the community being on a team together. Uh, and so there's a lot of I think there's a lot of opportunity. And so I've had a few extra conversations with Special Olympics about you know starting some kind of workout group, like a unified workout group between F3 and Special Olympics, or maybe it's something outside of F3, you know, that also um, includes females from the Special Olympics community. But, uh, you know, so those conversations, they haven't, nothing's materialized yet. But I think after this, after they get back from the, um, the USA Games, you know, kind of pick up some steam on some of those conversations and see where that leads, that leads next. Yeah, our credo and the, their sportsmanship are, are nothing but overlapping, right? I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a symbiotic relationship. Um, have you seen any? I'm uh, putting on the uh, putting you on the spot with this question. Have you seen any men reach out, either living with uh, something that would qualify them for the Special Olympics Games, or family members supporting? another family member uh, of such that have uh, asked about joining F3 in your region because yeah, of we, your involvement and in what you did? Uh, not necessarily because of my involvement, but uh, mm -hmm. people that were already involved in, in F3. And so mm -hmm. um, me and one of, one of my good friends that's in F3 have kind of kicked around some ideas about, you know, how we can start that unified group. Uh, and there are some, there are some guys in the, in the community who we would like to, you know, um, that participate in special Olympics that we really think would kind of targeted as being really, you know, good leaders to get that group started. So we could talk offline too, but we've got a couple of guys, uh, three off the top of my head, uh, JR double check and gridlock who's all have sons that are living, uh, that live with Down syndrome specifically, mm. um, all in some way, shape or form have competed in the games. In fact, Double Checks just walked away from the state in with two gold medals. So awesome. shout out to Double Checks 2.0. Um, but they'll come out to a couple different of our workouts. One specifically that I think of is our evening workout because it's it's friend, it's family friendly for their, their shared schedule. Um, yeah. And it's just fun. Not just because the men of F3 get to learn how to be a part of something bigger than themselves, but because their dads know that their sons are in an environment that their sons are fully taken care of and their dads can go hang out with their friends knowing that their sons are in good hands. Um, which again, I just think about our shared missions and, and how that overlaps. So I love that you're pursuing that and I applaud uh, everything that you said, specifically uh, uniting some communities, and uh, I'm not going to run a 10k a day with you, at least not this year. But <laughs> but that's outstanding, man. <laughs> What's uh, that? How many days? Yeah, how many days did you, have you done the 10k a day for? So I, I did it 365 days last year. Uh, um, and then I, I stopped cold turkey on January 1st uh, because because <laughs> my wife was saying, you know, if you run today. Like you're going to think, oh, well, you could do 400 or, you know, oh, 500 is a nice number. And she's like, you guys got to stop at some point. But um, so yeah, when, when your body starts to sound like a bowl of Rice Krispies while you're tying your shoes, it's probably a good time <laughs> to take a breather. All right. <laughs> right. 
Well, I applaud you, brother. Thanks for coming on. We'll circle back to, to both of you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this portion up with Akron uh, out of F3 Greensboro. Akron, we've talked about the men of Natville and their outreach with specifically the Wakanda AO, of which you were about to pass that shovel flag as site cue. Um, that was a very specific intention to 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 land in a community that we didn't exist yet. Um, since then, we have expanded upon that footprint and engaged more men, um, but brought you on today to talk about the Juneteenth Star Course event uh, in Greensboro. So just like softball and hogsicle, uh, why uh, and what are you doing? So uh, Juneteenth, man, um, it, it was kind of funny. I like to always start with how to, we started the Juneteenth front, and it, it really started with George Floyd. And um, it, it shut down. And uh, at the time, we had a curfew in Greensboro, but a group of us got together and just had a conversation about it. And um, we decided to, you know, put together Juneteenth Brook to just kind of educate the people. Greensboro has a very rich history, um, even for African-Americans. And a lot of people, like I remember my first Juneteenth Brook, was it the second one? When we went on the a ANT's campus, that was the first time a lot of people had been there. Uh, I mean, one of the largest HBCUs in the country and in the city, and a lot of people hadn't been there. Uh, but the Star Course, man, uh, this year, uh, we've normally done, you know, three to five miles on our Juneteenth truck, but we uh, added a suck factor, I like to say, and, and lengthened this one to 20 plus miles. There's also an 11 and a five mile version um, uh, to still allow it to be uh, family friendly because uh, there have been times in years past where we've had M's and 2.0s. Uh, which I love, um, but there's also a, um, a factor that we've kind of opened it up to uh, to make it a little bit harder uh, for guys that like those type of things. But, I mean, we combine a lot of different elements, uh, physicality with the, uh, the the star course method and distance. Um, you, you know, you win your ruck, but you also the points, the stopping points are strategic um, because of Juneteenth. And, where we're stopping, what we're stopping for, what we're learning while we're there. Um, I think it adds that component that really enlightens people. Um, and it always draws me back to the first one where we went to the, um, was it the Veterans Memorial? Um, mm -hmm. Where we gave the GI Bill speech. And a lot of people had no idea about the GI Bill. And that just started a, a, a snowball of conversations um just surrounding the history of the gi bill uh, we started some sub f3 talks groups read some books um the color of law and a bunch of other things just learning kind of the history behind why things are the way they are and and the bottom line to me is it even like with the special olympics which you were talking about like guys being around that helps to realize that hey man this is a lot bigger than what i think it is <laughs> um and it gives you uh, empathy for possibly, you know, another set of people um, it, it, where you won't take things for granted and, and it makes you a lot less likely to be inclusive for people who don't look like you, sound like you, uh, respond to things the way you respond to and, and, and gives you, um, it gives you a reference point to be able to say, hey, you know, I was in a situation where, you know, I had a difference of opinion, uh, sat down and learned something about it. Now I can at least understand why that is the way it is. So um, the star course to go along with the Juneteenth Ruck, um, like I said, it adds that education and the physical element together. And it's always a fun time. 
Yeah, I mean, I think any opportunity, right, to bring in new eyeballs to what F3 is about, uh, but then also engage guys in a different way as a win-win. On all three of you have said uh, your version of that exact statement. So all I'm doing is repeating what you're, what you're teaching me. Um, the, you know, obviously I'm a little bit closer to this Juneteenth star course. And, and like you said, we have learned a lot. Um, and, and it's just, it's powerful when you're a part of something bigger than yourself. What, um, what do you hope the takeaway is adding this star course element? I mean, obviously we can engage some more endurance minded folks, right? Uh, but I think to the fact that we're all going to end together and then feed into what the community has going on. Uh, when it comes to F3, um, what are the hopes that you think that we'll achieve when guys experience us for the first time through this event? I think the main thing is it's something for everyone, you know, uh, for, for that beginner that, hey, they're not looking at doing 20 miles anything. You know, hey, we got five. For somebody who's just trying to, you know, push it a little bit, we got the 11 and we got the 20 plus. Also, I think it's, I think it's just impressive when you see a group of a hundred or so people, kids, wives, husbands, uh, black, white, you know, Hispanic, rocking <laughs> or walking together in a group. And it's not a protest, you know, it's not, you know, something crazy going on, but we are literally a unified organization walking around, um, learning and doing something together that's going to be a betterment for the community. Um, like, we literally had Fox 8 pull up on us the first time. Just, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, and the news station just pulled up because it was, I mean, it was a dis, it was this disruption to the norm, but not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I think if nothing else, uh, and you just said it, we're disrupting the status quo. And if we can show up uh, and, and do something different for the betterment of something bigger, great if we can get some eyeballs on what we're doing without even asking, that's even better. Uh, if we can be intentional about people looking at us, hog cycle or hog cycle, I think of you. Um, and, and that pays off in dividends because it feeds the mission that you're passionate about. That's phenomenal. And, and then, you know, when it comes to softball, it's like, Hey, you've always said no about these boot camps or this thing or that thing. Well, we've designed an, an event for you. Grab a buddy. Don't do it alone and finish hard. Um, I, I, I love this idea of knocking down walls because, uh, and, it, and it's not my phrase and I've heard it a million times. I'm sure most of our listeners have, but when we talk about getting a quarter million by 2025, what got us to where we are, isn't going to get us to that number. And so here's just three of you and a couple of quick Slack comments on a podcast talking about some things that you've invented yourself or reinvented or participated in, in a bigger way that has engaged more and more families and in turn more and more men into the mission of F3. Um, so, A, I applaud you. Let's do a quick round robin uh, and it's up to anybody. So whoever wants to jump in, don't be afraid about stepping on each other. We'll figure it out civilly. Um, is there anything that you would, uh, specific to your event? So just uh, as you answer, just say, Akron, Juneteenth, I would or would not do this next time. Is there anything specific to your event that you would definitely not do or do to improve its impact? Sweet, you guys all nailed it. <laughs> I have the gate. <laughs> I, would say, yeah. uh, I would say for uh, Lost in the Woods specifically, uh, building in more shared leadership, uh, we did have help. Uh, but it was a heavy lift 
And part of the reason we're not doing it this year is not only grow rec, but because we don't we didn't do a good job of training others to step up and lead it the next year. So um honestly, uh Gertie and I, we want to do the race ourselves too. So that's on us to to train other guys up and share that leadership and get them involved in putting something like this on. Stop on why you say that. How did you market it to your packs? Because yours was certainly, I would say, a little more focused on the F3 side of things, even though it was definitely opened up to all. How did you market it? Uh, we uh, came up with a promo video. So I, I enlisted a couple of guys in support and said, hey, come out uh, in like, you know, March, I believe it was when we did it. So it was wet, it was dark, but we went out and did a little uh, put a promo video together and I, and I shared that out with, with, uh, the packs, just like a two or three minute video to kind of get them fired up to this new idea and, you know, what the basics of it is going to be like. And, uh, that gave us a good jump start, you know, something, something new that people aren't familiar with. And, uh, I think that really helped. And then also the aspect of having captains on teams, like it wasn't all my or our job to EH guys. It's like, hey, if you want to do this race, go EH two or three other guys to be on your team. So, so that part of it, you know, kind of grew exponentially. Um, once the guy decided he wanted to do it, he had to find, you know, two or three other guys to come with him. So, I mean, that's a positive way to start a ripple effect. I like that. Uh, anybody else, would you change anything that you did for the better or make sure that you didn't make uh, a similar mistake that you could pass on to anybody who's interested in, in duplicating the footprint, at least, that you, you've created? I, I, you know, from my perspective, I think uh, I would have, I would have, in the beginning, I, I wanted to get to do some runs with some of the athletes. Um, I mean, the fact that it was in 2021, the pandemic, the kind of, the sort of messed mess it up a little bit but also just i think i could have i could have worked it a little harder at uh at scheduling some stuff instead of it you know a lot of times it's like nine o'clock at night and i'm like oh i gotta go run my 10k <laughs> but um so probably uh, a little more forethought in uh in scheduling some of the runs and getting some of the athletes from special olympics to you know run the first mile with me or or something like that that's a lot better. I thought you were going to say not run a 10 K every day for a year, but uh, <laughs> I like your answer a lot better. No, I, I, I think that's, that's smart too. Um, but again, talking about ripple effects, right? Just reaching more and more. And that's what we're looking for here is if this is a thing worth trying and how do we, how do we improve upon the guy who yeah. led, uh, the first 43 feet? So. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, in the, in the beginning, it was more about uh, trying to do some kind of fundraiser, like I said, and to honor my mom. And so in reaching out to special Olympics for that reason, but quickly, once I had the opportunity to, to get involved with special Olympics a little bit, I, I saw the overlap with F3, you know, and then it sort of started, oh, Hey, how can we, how can this be more than just this fundraiser right now? How can it be something, you know, kind of to sustain itself? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, when I, what I like too about what you and Akron have shared is that you both pushed forward regardless of lockdowns or sheltering in place or, and you did it safe, right? You did it wise. You considered what, what was, was, and if this is true, what else is true? Um, and I know with the guys in Greensboro that they looked at how do we host a safe event for the entire community. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Akron was, was your first attendance. I know I wasn't there a uh, hundred. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So people were obviously looking for things to get behind and support. 
whether they admit it or not, people are always looking to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They just may call it by a different name. So uh, hats off. Um, fellas, if anybody is looking to get a hold of you to build off of your concepts and your ideas, how do they do that? Softball, what's your best contact info? Best way to reach me is on the nation's Slack, uh, softball, you can tell where you can find me. Perfect. And we'll have all this in the show notes. Hogsicle, how about you, brother? Yeah, same uh, on the nation's Slack. Uh, it's just Hogsicle. Perfect. And Akron. Uh, Akron Greensboro on Slack. And uh, if you look for me on Twitter, I am Akron F3. Or Cavaliers, right? Can they can tag Cavaliers? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, fi- we'll find you. We'll send some Merkin-themed tweets to the Cavaliers uh, Twitter page. See if we can't get an answer from you at all that. Well, fellas, <laughs> fellas, listen, I can't thank you enough uh, for being a part of the show. Thanks for saying yes on such short notice to anybody who's listening. You can find us at uh, F3SWT on Twitter. You can hashtag stuff worth trying on Slack. I am Tommy Boy on Slack as well. Um, I am anxious to hear what you're doing to give it away in your regions because we want to share it out to the greater F3 nation. So if you've got an idea that's creating a ripple effect in your region, let us know so that we can amplify that. We'll give you the microphone. You can tell the nation all about it. Softball, Hogsicle, Akron. If you haven't heard it today, I love you. Thanks for being on the show. Keep doing what you're doing because it's making a difference. Keep on having an eye impact. All right? Thank you. F3 nation, be good and be good at it.